Hi, welcome to the Von Liter Podcast. You will watch us drinking one liters of beer whilst talking about shies. Please like and subscribe. Welcome to the Von Liter. Prost. Prost. Oh. Prost. I don't have a liter. Anymore, yeah. It's Likewise. Been... What's in your... I just got to say... What are you drinking? Oh, it's like a seltzer thing. Oh, a seltzer right. thing. I got to say, I love the Newtown Jets hat. Like, I, I, it would have been cool if the Jets had their own team, like, in the league, but obviously it's not a thing. Yeah. For everyone listening, we've got a new friend. His name is Joseph. He's on the podcast today. Special I'm going to call him a, a hobby movie director. Slash works with me in our shitty nine to five jobs, so it's fantastic. A hobby movie director. <laughs> yeah, is that is that what you would call I, it? I wouldn't. Well, I suppose it is. That's like the sad truth. Actually. You're actually sorry. He's a movie director, but currently it's a hobby but because he has to work a nine to five I'm, job. I'm a refugee from the film industry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Please, sir, can I have some more? Literally. Shit. But what, what what were you about to say, Joel? Something I was going to about... say if I was working, if I if I was retiring and I lived in a nice sunny coastal place and somewhere in the Mediterranean, my idea would just be have a one of those like ridiculously beautiful studies where it's just like a library, like books everywhere, and I'd have a lovely table near the window, be perfect natural sunlight, and I would just paint fucking Warhammer models all day and do heroin. And do <laughs> take I'd, it to the extreme, I'd, Joel. I'd probably, I'd probably be involved in some kind of narcotic for sure to keep me going because this is like my back hurts from painting these fucking models. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not heroin. Well, I mean, you could go directly to heroin, but maybe you'd paint, well, maybe you'd, just smoke you'd some paint weed. The models much faster. Oh yeah, <laughs> like realistically, if let's say w- let's speak, let's speak on the on the more positive note. If you had money and you had like you were able to buy the property that you wanted in the location that you wanted, oh yeah, what would you like to do while you're retiring? Would you just like watch old reruns of movies? Like, what would be your thing? Like, it doesn't. Oh. Let's. It doesn't even. You don't even have to be eighty years old. Like, let's say you're 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 only in your fifties. Even like you've just you've done it. I'm forty five. I've retired. You like, made some money from I a made movie. Some money. And you're gonna retire. I sold it. Cut the things. <laughs> some heroin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I sold some heroin <laughs> overseas. You did, yeah. did some smuggling. Yeah, I just worked for a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> the private, company. private pharmaceutical company. Yeah, and then it's legal and it's fine. I actually don't really know. I haven't put much thought to what I'd want to do. And that's the in problem my with that retirement. That's... I think it's because I'm never going to retire. I'm probably just. <laughs> They'll find Stop you dead on the toilet point. one yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> oh, de- that's definitely where they're finding me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but retirement is a funny, is a funny term anyway because like you're just saying, I retire is just a term for I'm finishing working my nine to five job. Like there's plenty of people that do their own creative thing. They don't retire as such. They're always going to keep doing things. Well, retirement's just a peculiar thing anyway because like it's like. And then you hit 65 or, you know, whatever it is. And then you're like, don't have to work. Going to get my super and go on a cruise. And then what? Yeah, go on a cruise. That's it. And cruise the cruise lasts for a couple of months. Back. And you then you come the home. Back. Yeah. Then you Titanic come home and then what? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Rose. <laughs> don't yeah. come any closer. 
Exactly. When was the last time you watched Titanic? Only recently. I haven't watched it. I think that I watched it when I lived in Redfern, which would have been like 2017. And I don't remember what I thought to it. Or perhaps my brother or someone was watching it and then I caught a little bit of it. Mm. I thought that it had aged really strangely. I think many because of the soundtrack. Do you think? Soundtrack was off? Well, soundtrack, it's not that it's off. Too modern? It's just that it's... No, not that it was too modern. It was just very... Um, I mean, I suppose like James Cameron, he does have this very, um, I suppose very kind of tacky American kind of fluffy tone to it. It's very sort of imposing and almost like bordering on silly, which is nice. Like he made Terminator 2 and, you know, all of that stuff, which is the greatest chase movie ever made. Um... But I just remember being like, oh, yeah, because I remember like watching it was when it was brand new. And now I'm like in my mid 30s. So everything you're like, I'm in this sort of period of my life where I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm not a retarded 25 year old anymore. Like everything was like actually a while ago now. And so watching that, what was it, 98? No, it would have been 99 by the time it came out on video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Video. I miss I miss being able to say this amongst people my age. We can get it on video. Yeah. Let's get it on VHS. Let's go to a blockbuster of video easy. Like, I'm fucking watching fuck, it on like a good. screen, like a little telly. It was like that I don't deep. Even think, that big. Hey, I, gotta, I don't I, think we said VHS though because it, that was the only yeah, thing. You only yeah. started saying that when it was became old. Yeah. When, like when you a had DVD. DVDs. Yeah. Joseph, when I was younger, like when I was super young, I don't think we got like a – we obviously flat screens weren't around at the time, but plasma TVs, you know, the ones with the bigger mm. backs but larger – before we had one of those. They were actually very good quality. They had beautiful colour. That was color. sick. That was sick. Yeah. We used to have the... Yes. Did you have one same. of those? What's that? With the little dial. The, the dial to turn to telly. You... I don't think that we <laughs> like had three that. channels. It was like... And yeah. then you just hit some, some shit on the... No, yeah. we didn't. We had one with... Bro, you had a twist with as well. With the twist, yeah. Fuck yeah. We had that when we moved from Germany to Australia... And our neighbors gave it to us, like, mm. as we moved into a house. Because we flew over, obviously, and then our furniture was on a ship for three months. So we were without furniture. So the first... How old were you when you moved? Nine. So, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So the first month or so, we had a caravan. And we were literally living in a caravan going to, in, like, caravan parks. In Queensland. Just Queensland. a little German boy. Yeah, I remember we stayed in. Yeah, exactly. I remember we stayed in Kingscliff for a while, and then we got a rental place, and we were in there, and we actually started going to school whilst still not having any furniture. So in Kimberley Park. Yeah, so we bought like a, you know, one of those plastic outdoor table and chair sets, like for because we were like my parents were like, well, we'll leave that outdoors once it's. Once we get our furniture, but like at the time that was our only table and chairs. And then we borrowed some cutlery and cups from the neighbors and they gave us that old TV and it was like on the floor. But the little, did you change out the socket, the socket, the thingy that you put in the socket? The what? Oh, for the PowerPoint. Oh, for the German PowerPoints. Yeah. Yeah. No, we because we had no German appliances. But yeah, when they all came over, we had to get adapters for everything. 
Right. When when oh, okay. when you were obviously still ad- adapting to this new country in a foreign language, when you were watching TV at the time, you're like, "Mama, es wird Kunstlehrerin." Like, what does this mean? What is the fun? Yeah, well, we we would just put on like in the morning before school, we would just put on like the kids' channels, and because mm. we knew new no English, so that was no, like no no no. Is, so that's how, like, we learned basic bitch English, like the Teletubbies singing their bullshit stuff. Yeah. Is, oh, did they say words? Say hello. Oh, they no, did, yeah. That's, oh, they did. I never, yeah. Is, it was Pingu. I had, Pingu oh, is great. I had the thing. I, when I was a kid, I was like, they're just saying bullshit. They're just making noises. Were they speaking like Dutch or something? No. Well, I watched it as a grown-up person a while ago, <laughs> but I was, like, in my... 20s probably like that and i was like oh they're like it just sound like a like a deaf person yeah with a high-pitched voice (laughs) yeah then yeah they get real angry yeah (laughs) i remember the one when pingu's little sister pisses herself and they did all the yellow play-doh play-doh piss puddle and i was like Imagine being in an igloo and someone pisses themselves. Yeah, that would suck. And it would just become freeze, like in part the of the carpet. feng shui. Yeah, yeah, part of the feng shui. I yeah. remember, I remember an episode, like one of the only episodes I remember that I didn't see on YouTube as an adult <laughs> later on was Pingu gets up and he's like this, the slapping oh, yeah. feet, and he stands from maybe from me to the window away, legit, it's like a meter and a half, and goes pisses and it goes into the toilet. And he's just sitting there hanging a leak. I was like, fuck, he's got wow. some hang time. I reckon time. I definitely tried that out. Yeah, me <laughs> yeah, too. 100%. Went all over the toilet seat for I'd sure. I'd be like, yeah, I got a bit of it in it. <laughs> I used to, I used to, if Quality. I, I, I remember if I had like a really, I was busting to go mm. and I had like a really strong stream going, you would test yourself. You'd be like, how far could I step away from this toilet as you're I pissing? still do that, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Still do that shit. like, hmm. Me and my brother would like piss at the same time. Yeah. And like fucking lightsaber that yeah, fucking yeah. piss. When I sometimes even now I'll turn the shower on and I'll step back and if I really need to piss, I'll like aim it up and I'll just get the the water fountain and I'll I'll angle it so it goes perfectly into the drain and I'm like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, yeah, that is uh, put, straight into the shower put drain. That on the C V. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> What would you how would you label that? I pissed. Marksman, <laughs> is that in yeah. your is that in your skills section? I pissed into the the hole of the the drain from really far away. He's like, what's like, um? Fuck, all right, what what? What's this here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. can That's an or you put it under skill. skills and you say can mm. can piss can do directly that. into drain. Someone would be like, well, we never know. All right, With Sydney, <laughs> Joseph. Real talk now, and I'm mm. going to give you some time to think about this if you can't answer it straight away. It's a very broad question to answer. However, on, if you're diehard, you've got it. If you diehard, you can you can answer it straight away. If not, it's whatever. It's whatever. F- favorite film of all time. I don't care what fucking genre it is. I have two um, favorite films Perfect. of all time. Perfect. Um, the first one is Bridge on the River Kwai, because it is the best film ever made. By? David Lean. British film, River Kwai. Bridge on the River Kwai. That's that sounds. It's, is that Gaelic? Um, what is that? Bridge uh, River Kwai. So it's the um, David Lean film about where they blow. It's a really. It won the Oscar in I think fifty 
59? Oh, you're going back. I like 57 it. 57 or 59? 57 59? it was released. Oh, um, oh, 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 is this... Um... And so is Alec Guinness who played Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. He, he won um, Best Actor for the role. So the story, the story it's just... Um, it's a, it's an, it's the first of David Lean's epics. So David Lean made Lawrence of Arabia is probably his most famous <laughs> the one. The only film I saw of his. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Peter O'Toole, bro. Yeah. Amazing. Good. Yeah. It's very good. I mean, that, that's, um, that is its own masterpiece. It's just a real, it's kind of like, that is two films. Cause that was, it was so big. Like there was such success that came, you know, and money that came from, it was like a Ridley Scott film now, like a James Cameron film now, right? Like, yeah, but it's like a much Nolan more zeitgeisty. Film. It just took over the world. Like Sam Spiegel, this like hectic, like Austrian or something bloke, just some rich dude. Um, uh, it was based on like a satirical, like Bridget, this is Bridge on the River Quiet. Mm. It was based on a, um, a satirical novel by some French bloke taking the piss out of the British. Um, and then it ended up being like quite like a serious and wonderful film um it's about like uh it opens with the japanese of course all these british prisoners of war it so the philippines or something no it's like somewhere in um they filmed it in like at the end it says filmed on location in cylon which is sri lanka now but it was somewhere between india and like thailand or Mm. something like that i think um is the location the real because it happened in real life in some version of it anyway but a bunch of uh british POWs, like a whole regiment or whatever the fuck they were called their colonel was played by uh what was guinness it? yeah it was alec guinness but what was his name uh sorry i had all of the um i haven't actually watched that for a couple of years mm. but anyway um i gotta watch it's a great film anyway it's like him and they get to this prison and they're like there's this um, Colonel Saito is the Japanese guy. He's like, there are no walls here because if you try and run away, then you're fucking dead because you're in the middle of the jungle. Mm. And they're like, so they use them as like, you know, slave labor to build a bridge over the river. Um, And so the British are like um, scuttling it and just making it just fail. And the Japanese are like, you have to have this fucking bridge done because we've got to get this train line going. then there's this American guy, uh, American prisoner of war that's already there. And he's like very like, I forget the name of the actor. He's a wonderful American actor. But he was like, oh, um, you know, it's shit here. You're just going to die. And then he like escapes and then everyone dies apart from him. And he falls into the river and floats downstream and he ends up getting away. And then um, uh, Alec Guinness's character is like, we're not going to build the bridge. Um, I'm not going to help them build the bridge. You know, you can't make us do this. It's against the Geneva Convention. And they put him in like a jail thing and he's sweating and dying in this thing. And eventually drag him out and he's like, okay, let's actually build the bridge. And then they build the bridge. The American... All right, I've done my time. He's like, we'll build... I'm like fast forward, but he's like, we'll build the bridge. And they build this like amazing bridge for them because it's like morale for the men and all this shit. And then at the same time, the American guy eventually like... Um, like meanwhile, American guy goes downstream, gets like makes friends with a bunch of people, then ends up back at like with like some British like base or whatever it is. And they're like, 
um, we know who you are, and you actually like um, what do they what do they call it when you you're like a deserter, and so what um, we've been given like the American government's given us full control over you, and um, if you want to um, not go to jail um, or be shot or anything, you have to go back and blow this bridge up. To him, uh, uh. they all go back in, and then like um, Alec Guinness's character is like, "I built this really fucking sweet bridge," and then this. Well, American he didn't. Guy's... He didn't put pot, like loop. Like he didn't fuck the bridge up. Like the construction was sound. Yeah, and it's beautiful, and it's like they're all like celebrating. It's the last night, and then the train's coming over, and then they're like, the other other British guys uh. are like in the night putting bombs around it, and then he's like, "Oh no, don't blow my bridge up!" And then they're like, "What?" And then they just he like. They all start so, killing each satire. other, and then, then there's the famous bit at the end where where um, Alec Guinness is like just gets shot, and he's like, "What have I done?" And he's been shot, and he dies, and he falls on the little the plunger and blows <laughs> the fucking bridge <laughs> up. Classic. It's fucking the best. And then the, my other favorite film is um, Wild Strawberries, Ingmar Bergman. It's the fucking tits. Nice. Wild strawberries. Yeah. I haven't heard of either of Phil, these. You gotta you gotta send me both of these so I can watch them because I love. I go back. I watch. People people watch modern films. I, I'm going backwards. Like I love, dude. I'm, going, are, I'm back in like Hitchcock days. Like I love older films. These are, yeah. these are both 1957. Are they? Is that 1957 yeah. as well? Yeah, I, I knew it was 50s. Because I I, I don't know if I can do that. Can you? Like, can you I've just, said this no, before. You can, Phil. You just I've said this before. I don't. Can. I don't think I enjoy any films that are. Can I vape? Older, yeah. Prior to like the 90s or something. Let yeah, me ask you. Oh, that way, away let from me, the let smoke me, detector. First of all, can you give us a brief description of this second film, and then let me ask you mm. a question. Go for it. Um, Wild Strawberries is literally because all of Ingmar Bergman's films back then, he was like a playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously in Sweden, and obviously made most obviously in Sweden. <laughs> it's Ingmar Bergman. <laughs> so. Um, he, um, it was like the first, like one of the first films, maybe the first film that really like made him famous back in the day, but it's about like an old bloke and he lives down the bottom of Sweden or somewhere like far away from whatever the fucking, ca- what's the capital of Sweden? Um, no idea. Stockholm. Stockholm yeah. 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 He's some old academic bloke and he's going to die. Mm. But he's like, I'm at the end of my life. It's all very Swedish. And they're like. We're going to give you an award. Um, And everyone's like taking the plane down to Stockholm for the ceremony and stuff. And then him and his um, daughter-in-law, so his son's wife, um, are like, he's like, I want to fucking drive. And she's like, I'll drive. And he's like, I want to do it alone. And she's like, insists and then goes with him. And it's just him. The whole movie is just them driving through Sweden and like (laughs) encountering like hippies. And he's like, recounting like memories from his life and it's it's just it, it's that that's really it but it's just such a pleasure to watch and um it, you know it's not too kind of lame and sort of over the top philosophical or anything like that it's just like one of those really gorgeous experiences mm. and you could only really do it in that sort of Ingmar Bergman way it's like, okay he, he, he was a playwright and he did these famous plays, and then he started making these like hour and a half black and white, cheap as fuck movies, like The Seventh Seals, probably 
the f- most famous yeah, motherfucker, one. I was going to ask you yeah. if you've seen The Seventh Seal. Dude, I love that yeah. movie. So it's it's it, on YouTube for free. You can watch yeah, it. Yeah, all, all of you can, Wild Strawberries. Is right, on you've YouTube. seen The Seventh Seal? I think I showed it to you. No. This, this Swedish. You've probably showed me bits. This Crusader. Omar Bergman. He, he, he comes, I think that you, I mean, I think that anyone would enjoy them because they're, they're so pristinely restored as well. Yeah, now. yeah. But, um, what was the. Um, seventh Seal. This, per- yeah. Persona, the really hectic, weird one. Um, night. Um, Oh, yeah, Wild Strawberries on on there for free as well. Yeah, yeah, he um um this that's crazy. Guy gets back from the Crusades and it's like the Black Plague's riddling Sweden and the the, the actual the acting troupe the pa- partner and his wife and the little baby mm. great acting. I was going to ask you um one of my favorite films is Zulu with Michael Caine. I do love that film as well. Fucking great film. Uh, that's one of those films I wondered like. If they were ever to make a remake, a modern day remake, it just wouldn't hold a candle to Michael Caine and the other gentleman. Yeah, it was the like Lamborghini, sir. Well, he was he was all posh. He had to be posh in that yeah. one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I wanted to ask you was, uh, I only recently, maybe in like 2018, discovered Werner Herzog. Oh yeah. And like, oh my god, Klaus Kinski. Yeah, dude, Aguirre. Like, obviously, Klaus Kinski did. Um, Nostradamus as well, mm-hmm. not Nostradamus. Sorry, um, um, um Nosferatu. No, yeah, he saw. Yeah, but he, did, um, he was in. Uh, fuck! What it was the one? It was the one about the boat. Fitzcarraldo. Fitzcarraldo. Yeah, and he. What does um, that mean, Philip? What is it? Fitzcarraldo. Fitzcarraldo. I have no idea. I think it might even be. Don't think Brazilian or something, yeah. but dude, no, it's just you, you saw Aguirre, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Tell. Tell the audience how, because you've come from a directing side. I'm only an actor, but like, I could, I could, I could. I don't, to be honest, I don't really, I, I would have watched that a very long time ago. Yeah. I only have vague memories of that. It was like that whole thing in my, my late teens, just like devouring a thousand fucking movies. Nice, yeah. I watched too many of them. I, I remember like doing no, all the westerns and things. No, that's blasphemy. There's never too much. No, there's never, well, it was just like. Like just the spaghetti westerns? Yeah, all yeah. the spaghetti, like doing all the Sergio, Sergio Leone, pardon me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And all that stuff. Um, do you know that, what was his name? Fitz, what's the actor's name? What Klaus Kinski. Do you know he was like fucking his daughter? Dude, he was a fucking, it was like a, he dirty... was like a schizophrenic, pedophilic fucking yeah. nutcase. Do you Ooh. remember how I showed you the video of that German dude freaking out there in the, like the Amazon? And he was like, and he's freaking out. real life actor freaking out. Yeah, And all the like, they actually had native guides, like tribesmen, and they were looking at him like, and they went up to the director, Werner Herzog, and they were like, who is this crazy white man? Do you want us to kill him? And he's like, no, 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 no. I need him. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, saw they, that? They, yeah, well, they really struggled to finance that. Mm. It had um, all different actors like Clint Eastwood or some shit attached in there. Like originally and then. Maybe probably. I mean, they had. It's um, such an odd film. At the start of Fitzcarraldo, they had um, Mick Jagger. Oh, yeah, it was Jagger Mick was Jagger. It. That was yeah, it. Jagger, yeah, Jagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. But, wow. dude, they actually. So. I showed you this. Maybe, maybe this is yeah, my I remember. third or fourth yeah, podcast. Yeah. They they carried that steamboat over the Brit over the fucking mountain in Brazil, and they actually did it. And they had the giant logs underneath, and it was they they, they had pulley systems and people, and it was like all filmed. Right. They they were like dragging in the poor fucking um like actual tribes hanging out nearby. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What, what are you guys what are you up doing? to? You want to yeah, come would help you us? Would like to be in the film? And they're, <laughs> and they're like, what is a film? What's a film? I don't oh, know great. what we're talking about. Phil, but I, favorite film? Uh, well, 
See, I'm not I'm not die Look, hard like, like that. I, don't I, I get Barbie. it, but like when I say favorite film, it's one it doesn't necessarily have to be one that's evoked emotion, but one that like you can be doing anything and at any part I of think the we've film had this conversation if you walk past you, no, at any part of the film, you'll sit down and fuck off your other plans to watch the rest of it. Do you know the best way of putting this question? What? Is um because it's all like it can change a lot. What's your favorite film? It does because I have and like so lots of films that I like since like two thousand, bro. And so right, yeah. Well, I'm sort of like pretty solidified from what I would like to do. Yeah, but from also, 1957. Like, no, and Bridge <laughs> on the River, quite for me, is the answer to this question. But if okay, you're gonna die very very soon. You get to do all everything that you really like once more. What would be the last film that you watch? Oh fuck! And you and you pick it now. What you know? What would you what would you pick right now? You'd want something that like puts... it can be something silly. Don't yeah, like, you'd want something. Yeah, that... Don't don't it's do completely, it. It's completely. Don't, do, don't um... do it like oh, I need to say something fucking. No, cool. I'm not going to no, say bro. something cool because I was subjective. like, I want, I would want something. If I'm going to die, I would want something that would like bring me some joy and make Lion me laugh. Lion King, German. No, I'm talking like something Can real silly, like li- like Lion like King an Ace Ventura or something, mm. like something that that's, makes me laugh. That's, that's a very, very good answer. That's a good answer. Dude, do the, do the fucking scar. Liar. <laughs> On top of him. Can you do it? <laughs> so, dude, he's, he's set, because he, we've, we've had nights where we've just listened to like Phil Collins and fucking Peter Gabriel and shit, right? Yeah. And we've discussed like how epic the Tarzan soundtrack was Phil Collins and he did the whole thing in German dude like no no for the German movies he translated the lyrics for this well someone translated them he learned the lyrics in German and recorded them in German as well to make the German to make the German version of the songs but there's a scene in in um because he Phil watched The Lion King when he was still in Deutschland and oh, there's, you there's, done. A, there's a scene when when young when Simba's an adult now and he's fighting Scar right at the end. And what's the famous line? Yeah, the 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 end scene where he's like, I killed Mufasa. Where he's about to toss Simba off the what, Pride yeah, Rock and he's like, No. Nah! And there's a flashback and That's he jumps me. up and he's like, Murderer. And when I first saw it in English, I was like, Oh, murderer. It sounds so like weak and soft because in German. I mean, he's yelling nine, so it's not as good as nine. I think nine's pretty cool. Nine. nine. It's almost the same, but you just got to drop that N at the end. But, <laughs> but just, in Germany, like, in German, murderer is just it? murder. So you don't have to say the second error. So he like chokes him out and he's like, murder. And I was like, that's way more powerful than the, the murderer. English. Murderer. Well, I think it's like American saying dramatic. Except, except the what line. Was, what was Lion King? That was Shakespeare. It was um, um, Romeo and Juliet. No, it wasn't. No, Romeo it was uh, Macbeth. It wasn't Macbeth. It was Macbeth. No, it what? wasn't Macbeth. It was a th- killed, Othello. The, no, it was no, um, killed the father. No, it was Hamlet. It was Hamlet. Hamlet. Sorry, Hamlet. And the second one was Romeo and Juliet. There was a second Lion. King. There was a second Lion King. Really? Like, How Scar- was it Romeo and Juliet? Because Scar's um, Scar's war party, his pack. We're still fighting with Simba's. There was bad blood because Scar died. And he wants to shag and he, Scar's. And he, he fell in. He fell Jeff. in love. Yeah, no. Simba's it's number two. Simba's son fell in love with the enemy's daughter. It was like the the Capulets and the. Wait, isn't number two the one with the little, the little, cub that's a guy and he's got like the scar as 
Yeah, and he falls in love with oh, a, with an remember. enemy clan's yeah, yeah, yeah. youngest. Guys, yeah. I didn't know this film existed. Yeah, it's, number th- I think it's there's a number two. Was Alan John involved in this? One I have as no, well. probably not. But also <laughs> making potions in a traveling shoe. <laughs> do you know? That, <laughs> do you know? There's a third movie, which Whoa. sounds way more interesting, which I also haven't watched. But it's Timon it's the Pumbaa. first story. Yeah, in Timo and Pumbaa's Pumbaa. perspective. <laughs> So how good that is that? That's like, trash, dude. I would know. But, but from that'd their be perspe- so funny. From their perspective, like they're, they're living their like, life and then they meet this lion. And then they meet this lion and then the lion, they're best friends with him. And then he, the chick comes back and is like, Simba, what are you doing? You're going to come back. And they're like, oh man, we're losing our friend. I thought that was a TV show. No, I think it's a the whole man, film. Simba. It was a it was a Disney show. The whole the whole perspective of the show is just them looking up at this the back of this cat's asshole exactly. while it moves around. They're like, Timona, Pumba. Yeah. Um, dude, I got to going back to it. Like, I think so. I didn't mention this earlier, but like, I grew up watching Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler and Chris Farley films. Like, my favorite actor of all time is Chris Farley. Like, he is my spirit animal. As as yeah. odd as that sounds, but like, like if I let's say I was a big time actor and I went to Oscars and won an award, and they were like, "Oh, you could give a speech," I'd thank Chris Farley, Chris Farley, Jim Carrey, and Adam Sandler. Obviously, Adam Sandler's dropped off, and the quality of his films is shit compared to his '90s films. Uh, I liked did, did I liked Uncut Gems from A twenty four. It's one of the only A twenty four films I like, and like I give every movie it's it's due. Right, I've mm. watched all of them, Midsummer, all that stuff. But um, I'm very anti Adam Sandler, by the way. But but. In like yeah. I I'm, I I really really like that response like because I feel like if I had no other choice and all the films that I wanted were removed I would easily just say Ace Ventura Pet Detective When Nature Calls which one Billy Madison which one are you choosing uh, When Nature Calls yeah yeah is it's that the, what's the first one that's Pet one where he's in Miami. T- uh, and he's yeah. kicking when the boxer out of the, the, one with the, the one when he comes out of the arsehole. That's the first. Yeah, when, no, 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 that's, that's the, the second. second. That's oh. a funny thing. When I grew up, I I, I saw the jungle one the first. first. Same. Yeah, and yeah. I saw the one where he's in Miami second. Yeah, same. So, so the first one with dolphin mm. guns digging into my hip. That was the first one, and then the <laughs> yeah. second one, he's like, he's like <laughs> fully. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's where the abrasion on your palm. I yeah. thought you'd never ask. So, um, and then the second one, he's obviously in the jungle. Shakaka, yeah, the jungle classic. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, just, yeah. it's a more enjoyable I, um, watch. But... I met the director of those films. Get fucked. Yeah. Where in San Jose? I was at a stupid film festival. Wow. And he did, he did like a like a lecture or whatever it is. And what was his name? I can't remember his name. Do you know? Do you know though that that's Ace Ventura? Amazing. This that, is. I need to hear this. Yeah. Like no, you may laugh, but to me, this is no, everything so to me. He, so he Sorry, had like dude. a mental. Yeah, yeah. No he, story. Story time. Yeah. He, he, no, he was just really rich because he made Ace Ventura <laughs> films, and then he had like, um, he like told this story. He's like, I was doing a poo in my house. And I think he was like unmarried and everything, or like divorced. Is you know, people in LA are living the living the life. And then he's like, I'm just doing a poo in my mansion. And I realized that it's like an eight bedroom mansion and there's like all these like multiple pools and things. And he's like, I'm the only one here in this really large estate. And he's like, I'm going to help the world. And I'm like, oh, what? 
why do you want to help the world, mate? You got the whole mansion that you're doing the poo in. And you got all the pools. It's good, isn't it? Invite someone over. What was his idea know? of helping the world? So he did like I think he just went on like one of those like vegan adventures. What is and it? Then he like what get back to Africa. So he didn't fucking help anyone. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was just like, oh, you're having a midlife crisis. You know, like, everyone like it's interesting just seeing all the celebrities when they hit their midlife crisis and start like arcing up about like a particular cause and things. Mm. But he gave away like all of his we- you know, all of his wealth. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But he was like a very, you know, pleasant person to did you actually have a face-to-face yeah, convo yeah, with yeah. him? Yeah, because it was all like, because it's America, you just end up like a, at a restaurant in a booth. Just despite chats. despite his egotism, were you kind of a little bit intimidated? Like, you you, were, you did this, like. I, I didn't re- ever really feel like that. Um, I think I think I would have, not so much him as a human being, but the gravity, the weight of, of what he was involved in and, and how much it influenced me. I think I'd still be a bit starstruck. Well, it's amazing that he did, like, he's obviously extremely talented. But he seemed like... the. But it was just like watching, like, oh, you did, you know, it's like meeting, like, oh, you run, like, a big, famous, co- you, you're the CEO of Woolworths or Bunnings or something. Like, you know, it's like epic, but you're not... Really you love that. Yeah, but it's yeah. still... Great. Good job. Still a lot better though. And now you're having a mental breakdown and told me a story about... <laughs> when you took a shit, yeah. You were like, I had a moment where I was doing a poo and I was like, why do I have all of this out? So... I need to give it away. And I'm like, it. don't worry about it. Don't fucking yeah. worry about Wipe it. Wipe your ass next time. Don't yeah. worry Just about enjoy it. it. I can smell it on you. I think he made so, like a documentary about him giving up all... Because like, uh, if you're going to give up your wealth... You got to make, make a documentary. A documentary about Wouldn't it be funny if so you made a documentary? So then you can doco. make more wealth yeah. off the documentary. Off the do- yeah, That'd, absolutely. Genius makes sense. Absolutely Amazing. Genius idea. Well um, done. But the f- funny story with Ace Ventura was um, Jim Carrey for Dumb and Dumber. They wanted him for Dumb Great and Dumber, movie. and they absolutely. offered him stupidly little money. And then he was like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that." And they were like, "Oh, okay, fine." Or I can't remember. It's either they wanted him and he said no, or they made the first one and then they were like, oh, we want you for the second one. But he was like, nah, Jim Carrey? Yeah. But he wasn't all of them. Yeah, yeah. So he said, no, I'm not going to do it because you're not offering me enough money. Mm. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, then fuck you. And then he made S. Ventura and then he blew up. And then they were like, well, we really need you now. And he was like, well, now it's going to cost you this much. And then they paid him way more money. He was the highest paid movie actor of the 90s. Because everyone would want to have a look. Everyone would want to see. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Dreaming show, fucking amazing. Now, Joel. Yeah. What's your, you're about to die. What's your favorite? Well, actually, that's two separate questions now. You're about to die. That's not even a question. What is it? What's your favorite film? So I just got to give a long-winded answer real quick. Obviously, (laughs) Real quick. Real quick. Three hours later. so many films that touch me. Like, and again, like Phil said, like if it was, like I could do any kind of 90s Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler film, right? Um, Chris Farley film. But uh, I've got a long history of like, family members that served in the war. So I grew up with it being very patriotic and Anzac Day and stuff. Beautiful. And so, um, and me and my brother were always like playing war and like playing with my grandfather's medals and like, just like crazy loved it. So Saving Private Ryan's my, has never changed. It's always been my favorite film. Like Steven Spielberg, 
you've got you've got D Day, which that is that was Italian, wasn't it? Yeah, that it's a Simpsons very... Simpsons reference. Senior, he's like Mr. Burns is like trying to enter the film competition. He's like, oh, get Spielberg. He's like, we don't, we can't get him. He's like, get the second best. It's like a Spanish director, Steven Spielberg, oh, and it's like right. him, but like a Spanish. Yeah, you've got Spielberg. <laughs> you've got. Year 2000, which was like still on film and all that shit. You've got the Battle of Normandy and D-Day, not Normandy necessarily. And you've got all these up-and-coming actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was so... And like Vin Diesel's first big film. Like you saw Vin Diesel's... Was Vin Diesel in Saving Private Yeah, yeah. Compazzo, yeah. There was a whole bunch of like hey, big star actors yeah. that weren't big star just yeah. yet. Tell me you've seen Vin Diesel's short film on YouTube that he made. No. Okay, no. hang on. I'm going to give you some homework. You have to watch this. It goes for about... 15, 20 minutes. Mm. He made his own, he, he he funded his own little short film because he's living in New York doing theater. Yeah. And he, I Vin can't, Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel. And you watch this and you're like. Fast and furious to Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mm. you, you watch this and it's an like. Actor. He Just plays He plays an actor going to auditions and, and, and like, you know, navigating that. And then on the end, like he does this audition. They're like, yeah, we really want you for this like. Music video. I think Vin Diesel, you, you never think of it. I think Vin Diesel's actually half African-American. Mm. And so he like, in the movie, he really leans on the fact that he's like half black and he's like this thing, right? So it's, it's when you look at it, it's still Vin Diesel, but there's a real theatrical side to him that you've never seen before. I shit you know. That would be weird to watch. Mm. It is, it is weird, but it's remarkable. It's actually beautiful. So he does that. Mm. Um, Tours around New York. Everyone in New York sees it and goes, wow. Spielberg sees it. Steven Spielberg and goes, fuck, that's right. Cast him for Saving Private Ryan. And that's when he kicked off, right? Um, Which is crazy because yeah. he's dead. Yeah. Well, he did his, movie. was his big, uh, what was the movie, uh, the the sci-fi film that they filmed in the desert in Australia? Oh, Pitch Black. Pitch Black. Hell yeah. Before Great Pitch movie. Black. Before Saving Private Ryan came out. Before Pitch Very Black. cheesy to watch now. Oh, no, I love like it, dude. a pleasure. One of my guilty pleasures is the Riddick, Chronicles of Riddick franchise. I didn't franchise. really like anything after Pitch, Pitch Black. Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. This is a while ago there. I haven't. Yeah. So I'm pretty easily pleased these days. Chronicles of Riddick was super Hollywood cheese. And then mm. they brought out Riddick maybe in like 2013 or something. It was a bit shit. It was like a like they were just trying to get the old fan base into it. However, yeah. on the Xbox 360, they released two Riddick games, right? Mm. So Vin Diesel created his own video game company. I can't remember what it's called. He made a video game company. He made, yeah, and he made two Chronicles of Riddick video games. The first one is Escape from Butcher Bay. And the second one's called Assault on Dark Athena, which is named after a ship. And the whole, dude, here's the thing, right? In the movies, I love talking about this. In the movies, Riddick's character, Vin Diesel's character, Riddick, he's like, hmm, I'm going to do this and that. Hmm. He's like quiet, but he's got a bit of like a cheekiness to him. It's like mm. approachable, but still frightening. In the games, it's just, it's poetry. So in the entire game, you can take, you know, if you're in like a, if you're in like a lit area like this, you put the goggles on or if you're in like a dark corridor, you can pull it up and you can go see night vision. Mm. And the whole thing's narrated. And this isn't just like the movie Vin Diesel's Riddick. It's it's poetic. Whoever wrote the script for this video game is a fucking legend because he'll sit there and like he'll, he'll like, he'll come up to a guy and like kill a guy and take his weapons and he'll be like, 
and he's like, it's not like hmm, real upbeat, upbeat, upbeat. It's like he's narrating to himself. It's it's he's like a gangster poet, dude. It's it's beautiful. I got to show. You. He's like, no law ever written is as powerful as cold steel. Like that Vin Diesel. No law ever written is as powerful as cold steel. Essentially saying you can put laws on me, but that won't defeat me stabbing you with a knife. Cold steel. And it's just the whole game. It's just like this. And me being a little kid being like, fuck, this is sick. You know, so it was it was awesome. It was very just like a, a Clint Eastwood character, but with like a bloke that's been to the gym and he's on pure the nerdy to the gym. It's and pure, just... pure nerd macho shit. Mm. But like it's it's what a young high school kid playing Xbox needed. Hell yeah. My second favorite film, and it, and it goes down a, r- a list. No, what was it? So the, the first one was Saving Private Saving Ryan. Ryan. And you were, you were fond of that film? Yeah, I really love it. Did you have? Did you see Enemy at the Gates with Jude Law, the Russian yeah, Stalingrad? One, yeah. Sick film. Love Enemy at the Gates. It's a, it's a bit dreary. I'm a. It's a bit. It's a bit too yeah. dramatic. Too. I felt like it was like a love story. Who made that? That's the sniper one. That right? was like a, a sniper a, one. Yeah, yeah that's where the guy's fucking... like, "I'll show you where the sniper is," and he's like, "Yeah," and he just gets shot through the head, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. "Fucking hell, you don't have to really? do that." He's no. Like, Loving, loving gifts, pouring gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Or when they jump Ed the gap. Ed Harris, bro. When they jump the gap, Norman just gets nailed against yeah. the wall. I'm run like, Perlman, oh, run God. Perlman. Uh, I don't want to be, I just don't want to be involved. Or maybe <laughs> I would be. Maybe it would be like just trying to go to work. And then the sniper <laughs> shoots get done Here, here, here we are off. like, oh, fuck, I hate going to work so much. Next minute, well, we're in you got to go to work at the moment. It's like trying to fucking walk from Green Square station to fucking work and there's like mm. I'm just getting chased down the road by flies <laughs> yeah <laughs> the emphasis they put on Ed Harris's face uh, you know Ed Harris the actor you'd know him if I showed him but Ed Harris because he's got these very blue eyes mm. and so they they put a Who's lot of Ed Harris again is he the old sniper yeah yeah he's yeah. the German yeah he's the German sniper in Enemy at the Gates they put what does he look like I'll show you I'll show you it's been a answer. while yeah he's very iconic they put a lot of emphasis on Ed Harris's. Um... There you are, Ed Harris. I know. Yeah, who there you he are. is. I know who you, you are. Know. You know exactly who he is. Focus camera. Camera. That's Ed Harris. Yeah, we know Ed. So Harris. Ed Harris has these like crystal blue eyes. So they put a lot of focus on that. But Saving Private Ryan for me is like. It's an emotional journey. Like I get anxious every time I watch it because I know most of the characters die. And that one scene where Oppum, a little fucking pussy translator, won't shoot the gun and the German dude's wrestling with the, the Jewish American dude and he yeah. puts the knife in him. So he's like, no, no. He's copying it. Like uh, I still get, I, I, I'm like, oh, I hate watching this. Like, I, I remember I, it starting kind of quite. Um, on D-Day, on, on no, Omaha Beach. It, it opens with them. Whenever the film came out, and he's old, oh and he yeah, great, and he's like forced. To Matt Damon's character, yeah, but yeah, and he's Matt Damon's got some play doh on his face. <laughs> no, that was a straight like, up some aging old Play-Doh. actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did well for casting though. Yeah, Mate, I thought it was just Matt Damon with some play doh on his face. Yeah, I think it is Matt Damon, is it not? I know they did it for Chris Evans in the Avengers, which I that thought that was all I, CGI. I thought that was CGI, but no, I'm pretty sure it's an old actor. No, that is CGI. It is, but the it's still Avengers Chris one. Evans. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was an old guy. That's nah, how that's how good I thought this because CGI was. Because I everyone was raving on about how good the CGI was and so I was looking out for it and then I was like, 
I can still fucking tell. No, I they didn't should even have notice. done Play-Doh. Didn't even can notice, you CGI bro? in my face? <laughs> for this Probably. Yeah. <laughs> my, my first attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Blip. I, I'm a big sci-fi guy, as we obviously discussed Warhammer originally. But if Saving Private Ryan or even Enemy at the Gates didn't exist, I'd say my favorite film of all time. And I mean, this. I'd say I love Saving Private Ryan, but I'd say this is. Just a, a, a microscopic grain of sand just underneath Seven Pro Rogers. Fifth Element. Fifth Element is That's just a goodie, cinematic also just magic. It's just like, grit. They they're actually just so much fun. That it's was like the so whole nineties thing that I was sort yeah. of leaning on a little bit before. Mm. Like they're just so um like great story or bits and bobs happening, and you're like, oh yeah. Right, and it's just costumes. That's the one you've been telling me about. Soundtrack. And I still haven't watched. Yeah, you haven't seen Fifth Element. No. Oh you've my god, you're telling me. Love yeah. it, dude. Oh, dude, dude. Luke gotta... Besson, all Luke Besson's film, like Leon the Professional. Yeah, it's got this dark, grainy mold on the wall, yellow, yellowness. So it's like sci-fi. But really, it's like, like in t- it's just like the kineticism behind it. Just like this, because it's got the guy from Rush Hour. Yeah, what's his name? He's Chris got the Tucker. big dick. Carbon the one of the Gemini nah, nah. cricket. Yeah, yeah. yeah his name's guy. Ruby Rod. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> honestly, because I like my favorite African American actor next to um James L. Jones is always Chris Tucker, like Friday Rush Hour, growing up with what all those films. To him? He just... He's just doing it. He's healthy, man. I got him on Instagram. He's I, I talked to him. Nah. He's doing his own thing. <laughs> but like, so like we hang out. <laughs> essentially, Bruce Willis is ex-military, right? And there's this ancient alien species that have this like ancient weapon that they've unlocked. And this isn't gen- in real life. Yeah. This is the film. And this yeah, is the yeah. film, yeah. Bruce Willis is very ill in real yeah. life, yeah. Yeah, dude, he's got Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, military. He's, he's like non-verbal now, apparently. Yeah, dude, young Mila Djokovic. Oh, fucking, yeah, it's it's just, dude, Fifth Element is such a good film. I know, you've shown me clips <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and dude, Gary fucking Oldman plays the Dude, Gary Oldman oh, said, yeah. Gary Oldman was doing that film. So Gary Oldman did a film called Leon Professional, and it's got. Um, do you remember the Matthew Broderick Godzilla from the two thousands, the American one? Oh yeah, the one that ends in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Do you yeah, remember yeah, the Do you remember Godzilla. the French tactical squad that with him and the main French guy at the end? He's like on the payphone. Remember that actor? Mm. What's his uh, name? He's like a really know. famous. You know in, him in from France. Yeah, yeah, I think I know. He's his, famous everywhere. His head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's. He played a, he played Keep a going. movie and Natalie Portman, young Natalie Portman's first film where she was a little nipper, was in it. And then Gary Oldman plays this like corrupt CIA agent, right? You know that scene in Leon yeah. the Professional where Gary Oldman takes the pill and he's like cracks it in his mouth and he's like mm. he's like, I love the I love this moment. It's like cicadas in the grass. You know, he freaks out and he's like, yeah. Gary yeah, Oldman was just like a British Al Pacino. He's the war and then he master, got old. bro. Yeah, but Al Pacino has always just stayed being like, ah, like yeah. just loud. Ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that scene where his old age in the scene, I have to show you Leon the professional Gary Oldman. He like, he's like needs to calm himself down. He takes like a yellow green, like do you know the typical like Acme. Hollywood tablets. It's like half yellow, uh, sorry, half white, half red. It's like, yeah, take yeah, a pill, yeah. yeah. He's got like a, one of those and he takes it and he goes, and the camera's like birds on, he's like, cracks it in his mouth and swallows it. He's really uncomfortable. It turns out I that Gary Oldman struggles to swallow tablets, so that reaction was real. That's him just going, I fucking hate this. Like he can't swallow tablets. Yeah. Um, 
So they did that Nothing film and Gary Oldman popped off. Yeah, you fucking lightweight. And then later on, they were like, Luc Besson, the French director's like, hey. And you can see one thing you love, I love, like when I watch, and forgive me, I'm rambling here, but I get so enthusiastic about this stuff. Yeah. When you watch some directors, you can see, you're like, okay, I can see a pattern in in the way it's scripted and written like a Tarantino film, you know you're going to get quick shots and blood and gore. But in other films you'll watch and you'll be like, oh, you know, this director did this, but his film's so, the contrast is different. When you watch a Luc Besson film, you know it's his. Like, it's just got this grimy grit. It's just like, it's just like a gooey fucking, anyways, um, he makes this film called Fifth Element. He says, Gary Oldman, can you play the villain? And Gary Oldman didn't want to do it. He did it as a favor. Because Luc Besson's obviously a mate of his, and he's he's fucking the villain Zorg is 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 phenomenal, dude. It is so good. It's like he's like you're a What's monster, the- Zorg. I know. It's just this fucking. It's like the whole thing is like we're gonna blow Earth up, and there's like a giant fireball. Is that that's it, right? It's like this. It's like this. Um, it's like this. Um, sentient. They're like fire. We're evil gonna thing. get Earth. Yeah, yeah. It's coming, and then. Everyone's got to be like, oh, stop it. <laughs> Everyone's like, all right, we're going to stop Why do you have to oversimplify it like that? <laughs> Brilliant. Stop well, you it. Know, you'd be Don't like, be silly. Fucking hell. You're sat in your backyard. Yeah, like fucking in a who, Wait, who else would you want to save the to save the planet than fucking Bruce Willis and Chris he's done Tucker? It, he's done it yeah. a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, good old yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. Can you save me? <laughs> I don't want to put up. Can't let the now. same shit happen to the same guy twice. <laughs> I really got to take a slash. Can we cut for a second and I, then I'll yeah, come back? Slash. You take a go slash too? break. To- toilet break. But Joel, while you were on the on the toilet, we, I was just saying, like on the, the movies, the films on the toilet, in the bathroom. We were, we were just discussing the films and the age. So the two fifty seven films. And I've said this to Joel multiple times mm. where I don't think I very much enjoy any films that are like older. I used to say what older than older mean. Older than I used to say older than nineteen ninety, but then I realized that Back Star to the Wars. Future was nineteen eighty five and uh. I'm a big Back to the Future fan. I do not like Star Wars and I've never Is watched the Star old? Wars films. Why no, not because it's too old. I just never got into Star Wars. But you just haven't watched them, though. No. So you haven't gotten I've, into. Well, them I've seen bits of them, them, and I'm like, eh. Let me ask you. So I can answer from an actor's perspective mm. why I love older films, and you can answer from a writer and a director's perspective. Yeah. So, first and foremost, I'd say from my perspective, I've studied acting, and obviously I've grew up watching more modern actors, so I I see how they interpret things using older techniques, like we joked about Stanislavski and stuff. But when I watch and I, I do dabble in writing as well. So when I watch an older film, it's almost like looking at a time machine of, of how people used to conceptualize and understand things back in the day. Mm. So even if someone wrote a film in the 1930s that was set in the 1600s, it's still interesting to see how history, our, our perception of history has changed for them and, and for us. Like, mm. and, and, and also the actors, like... You've got actors, especially Americans, old American actors from the early films like Casablanca and stuff. They all talk like this. Come here, Georgie. I'm going to talk to you. No, Red. 
you can't do that. No, darling, I'm going to do that. You know, but. I wish I talked like that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you watch <laughs> some, if you watch especially European films, especially English and stuff, there's just, it's, it's, because I'm a, I'm a lover of theater. It's just really, some, you might look at it and go, oh, they're a bit too emotional when they move and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, when you, when you really look at it, if you can understand what an actor has to go through to get to that point where they are inhibiting that character. Expressing it that way. Then you're like, these are such, it's just like very broad brushstrokes on a canvas where someone, someone these days might be very fine because actors these days are very refined and we're very like, oh, people aren't going to think this is realistic, so I have to make this as real as possible. Yeah. But back then, it was like Jim Carrey's colorfulness, right? But it, it made so much sense for the character they were playing. Well, that's what fascinates me about Jim Carrey's colorfulness, though, because he has managed to do this extreme over-the-top acting and still have it seem normal and make sense in the scene. Mm. Like, you watch it and go, yeah, this completely works. But if you watched it in isolation and were critical about it, you're like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, he's so over-the-top, but he manages to make it so... Like it just blends so well into the story and the whatever line he's portraying. Yeah, that you're like, and, and oh, okay, I'm just going to accept his overacting. But, but, a, th- an, but a Jim Carrey film. So when you make a film, it's like going to cost you a shitload of money, and you have to make lots of films because people want to watch them. But especially back then, it was all about like what's what's the big July releases and mm. the summer releases, what's the autumn and the Christmas releases and all that mm. sort of stuff. Mm. And you have to build things around a particular kind of thing that's going to attract audiences. So you can't just make anything. And with Jim Carrey, it was literally built around him. Yeah. Being him. Him. <laughs> and being so over the top it, and hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And so you like apply like a very kind of, you know, light narrative to that and sort of um narrative thrust to it and all it is it's just tiny little vignette um sort of set pieces and you could replace that with like an action film you know there's the action scene here there's the action scene there and there's all the little crossover scenes and handover scenes between them that link the the story together you know the the act one you know, and then act two, part one, act two, part two, and then Marta, act three. But they just did it around, instead of it being an action movie or a horror film where you need the scares here, you need the laughs here, you know, it was all just built around him. Like, he he yeah. was the vehicle, and that's what made him so brilliant and powerful. He was just such a, a force of that, that, that fucking, you know, a billion people around the world are like, I know this Blake's name, I love yeah. him, he's going to make me laugh. And they just spend all this money creating this, like, you know, two-hour spectacle. And that's why it's so astounding because you know, the reason why you're like, I just don't get it because you you know what the, you at the back of your mind, whether you've, like, thought about it philosophically before, you're like, I know what a movie is and, like, kind of what the gist of it is. And, like, it's a story and it has to, like, be about two hours long or whatever it is. But they made this whole thing literally about like fucking Jim Carrey doing some 
Random shit. Random weird funny shit. So it's shit. almost like they've glued skits together but made them essentially make sense in a whole story. Yeah, but, the, 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 it's, but it's, it's a story but, though, But right? done in like a, a, like a really precise and brilliant way because he wasn't just a guy having a spaz out in front of a camera with like a... You know, a story. He was. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, mm. he was. He was. He was excellent. Well, he is excellent. Mm. But back then, it was just like the first time you could really structure a whole film on that size, a comedy film on that size, around one person and their and their individual skill. If you mm. switched him out for it, you go, oh, I can't get Jim Carrey. or stick in old old mate instead. It just there's, there's no, we, I no think, one else. I think we also. I think. I think just realizing now. I think we also need to give a lot of props to the other actors involved in most Jim Carrey films because they, they just enhanced his laugh. performance and not yeah. laugh, yeah, yeah, and they they were obviously like because like like Victor and Einhorn, Victor and Einhorn when that chick's like, you know, he's like Finkle, she's Finkle and Einhorn, he, yeah. she's got a wiener and all that shit like and like um, thanks Aguero, like the 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 cop and like the the you make me and laugh. just the, the fact chick. that all those people just were were great and just the fact that they have to like step back and take a piece of humble pie and be like, okay, this movie is literally about this bloke doing his thing and where does the add-ons here? Yeah, well, that's what you got to do. That's what most most actors We're say. Just most mature it. actors, yeah. Most mature actors come to the realisation, especially working with good directors and writers, is that you have to sacrifice your ego and be part of the story. Yeah. Stop acting like you're the well, main character. It, yeah, but it would be more there, difficult if you are like... If you're like a decently known actor, but then you have to work alongside Jim Carrey, and you know that the shit's all about Jim Carrey. Tom Tommy Lee Jones, mm. you remember? We all know what Tommy Lee Jones said about Jim Carrey when they filmed Batman Forever. Remember? No, you what did he say? Do Tommy Lee Jones remember he played Two Face, mm. and and Jim Carrey played the, the Riddler. Riddler? Tommy mm. Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey. He wasn't up for it. You can watch it on YouTube. I can't remember what, verbatim, but he says but something like, annoying. "I can't." I can't um, abide by your stupidity. Oh, so Jim Carrey was like filming at the time, and then and then he went into a restaurant. And Tommy Lee Jones is there, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" He walked up. He's like, "Hey, Tommy." And Tommy's like, and Jim Carrey literally says, "Like he's like," <sighs> looks at him like "fuck," and he like gets up and he goes up to him. He's like, "I can't, like I can't accept your stupidity. Like I basically I hate you." And Jim Carrey's like, fuck, dude, what the fuck? And then, like, they obviously filmed the, finished the film. But what I wanted to say is, think of all your most favorite actors these days, right? You've got your Jim Carrey's, let's say, you like your DiCaprio's, your McConaughey's, whatever. Mm. All of those actors grew up watching and idolizing the films that we're talking about that you say you yeah, can't watch. Yeah, I, I... So you, like, I know, again, like, it's you all... You should feel bad, Phil. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. Not, I completely I'm understand. I'm not saying it. that, but like, I, I got to say, is like the influence is there. The influence like, is you, there. You may watch, you may watch a Jim Carrey, you may watch Jim Carrey, and then you may watch like Buster, Buster fucking Keaton, Jeez. one of Buster Keaton films, and be like, "Holy fuck, dude, he's doing what Jim Carrey does." Yeah, and then it all clicks. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you find those little things you like about someone that you can admire about someone else, and then you're in, right? I'm not saying that I think those movies are bad. I see the influence, I see the art, and I see the acting. I'm just saying that I can't sit down and take them in and enjoy them and get enthralled by it. That's fair. And that's purely the, the same thing I have with music. Like, I do a lot of music stuff, and I really like modern music just mm. because it has a much fuller, louder, 
sound that Christmas just fills sound. the sound space. So I'm just immersed in it. And then I listen to an old song and I'm like, that is a brilliant song, but it just doesn't immerse me. Mm. Like it's brilliantly made, but I wish that band from the 80s would re-record everything with modern technology and just make my brain explode with mm. new sounds. How 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 fucking how good is it these days? Like I remember being a young kid, right? I remember mm. being like 10 or 11 and watching The Thing, watching The Lost Boys, watching Apocalypse Now and being and like with my old man, like that's my old man was like the guy who got me in all these films. Like I'd wake up at Saturday morning and watch like Saturday Disney like mm. on Channel 7 or 10, right? And then I'd sit there and like my old man would finish the yard work and he'd, he'd come in for lunch and we'd watch like an old fucking old film, right? Mm. Loved it. We, like, we'd watch the old black and white Adam's family all fucking lost in space or something. Yeah. So I, I propped my old man for, you know, but, um, good man. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, uh, where was I? What was my, um, but uh, music being immersed. New yeah. Sounds. Uh, fuck, you were talking, yeah, you were get, getting nostalgic. Um, I fucking lost it. I've lost it. I'm, I'm, I'm it's fine because I want to. pissed, fellas. Speaking of directing, because Joseph, you've done mostly or all horror movies. Uh, yeah, any horror film. <laughs> yeah, and you've got one coming out soon. It's yeah. still in post production. No, it's finished. It's finished. Yeah. So is it you're ready to release it's been or finished the whole fucking ages? year, mate? Can, oh, what the can fuck you give are you us doing? A, can you give us a synopsis? Uh, yeah. Or oh, what's happening with it? Like, why? When? When is it being oh, released? So it's with a sales agent. Uh, oh. We had to recut. Actually, it was we did. We had to recut it in uh, through August. Why? Uh, so we completed the film. It was delivered earlier this year, and then we went through a period of like um, reaching out to um, people who would buy it in the states, um, and you know, just working with the EP and stuff. And so went through a lot of chats there and um, I put it all on hold when the um, the strike happened, uh, started. Still over, happening. Still happening. Thank God. Mm. Um, I mean, it's going to be annoying because we're going to run out of things to fucking watch. Mm. And that's the reason why so I've got a film that's finished. Yes. Uh, so anyway, I was, uh, yeah, I was like, well, do you have like a cha-ching sound? Yeah. I don't. I, I have a um. That's the sound of maybe Victory. I'll make money. <laughs> That's I'm gonna make money. Yeah, I, I really I, I remember. So one real quick. Uh-huh. Cinema. I remember watching those older films when I was younger, and I realized that I'm never going to be able to watch those in cinemas because they're older films. But I realized Dendi and other films these days, other cinemas, they they replay older films yeah. now, and I yeah. love that. Yeah. Like I I watched um Apocalypse cool. Now. I watched Blade Runner. I've watched Blade Runner three on three separate occasions in the cinema now. The original Blade Runner, and Brilliant. I just thought it was great. Yeah. I like going to the Randwick ones because they often get the prints. Ritz. Uh yeah the Ritz. That's and where I watched Oppenheimer because they have the 70 mil. Oh, did they actually play you a 70 mil? You you didn't tell me they had 70 mil? Yes, I told you that. Because I, I remember watching Guaranteed. the hate, Hateful Eight on the 70 mil. Oh, that would uh, have was, I was like, oh, this is it's pretty bright. Like, it, it really it is. Quite, I, mean, I didn't ever go to the cinema anymore because I just think it's so shit. Because of that snow? Well, I, um, 
I always just go to Dendi Newtown. Well, I live in the Likewise. inner west. Go Dendi's to Dendi's my my go to. Yeah, Newtown. and I just stopped because there's too many fucking kids that rock up. The and screens just are too small too, dude. And it's like I just feel like I'm in a fucking living room with yeah. a bunch of retards like having a chat. I saw I saw um the new Batman uh with um what's his name. Edward Harris, uh, uh, Ed, uh, fucking Twilight. Twilight, yeah, I watched that. Oh, that dude, one, yeah. and the people were like legit talking. Yeah, it's like what the fuck. And then there was like girls in the back, and there was like a couple sitting two or three rows across from me. I was like, what Such fucking world do we I, live in? What? I watched the what was it so, under something the Silver Lake, whatever it is, Infinity Pool. Have you seen that? I haven't seen. That I watched movie. Infinity Pool and. Dendi and Netflix, uh, Newtown Dendi. Do you know of that one? What's the one with Infinity? Maya Goth. What's that about? You know Maya Goth, the chick, that wacko chick who's with um, not wacko. She's an amazing actress. She's with um, Shia LaBeouf. That's his wife, baby mama. Um, and it's got Skarsgård, the young, the the the, the Skarsgård who played Tarzan. You know that one, the the hunk one, not not the one not he played, the not it. it one. Yeah. So the he, him and his missus go to like some fucking. Georgian or Turkey holiday resort, mm. and it's like a com- oh, it's like I a, know about this it's a one compound, and they and, and there's and, some murders. Yeah, going they on. they mm. break out with a couple of like a couple of locals are like, hey, you guys bored here? Do you want to come with us? Like not locals. Oh but, yeah, and then they yeah. yeah they go out there, they accidentally kill someone, and then the the, the feds are like, oh, you guys, feds. you guys, like the the local cops, are like you guys will be. You guys, we've caught you. You've accidentally done a hit and run and not reported it. We're going to, you have to do a public execution where you're going to be killed or we have this new machine where we can clone you and then you can be publicly executed, but it's not you. And they literally clone Skarsgård and his missus and they have to sit in the wings and they're like, the clone's kind of like a, like a newborn. They're like, their brain hasn't fully developed. And the, the, the guy who got hit and run, the local, his son like stabs Skarsgård to death and he watches it. And my Mia Goth and the other rich people who like visit this place all the time are like, holy fuck, like you guys have joined our crew. Let's go out more and kill people. And we just keep paying for our clones to be born and killed. And it's hectic, dude. Mia, Maya Goth is like a psycho in it. She's like, they basically end up belittling him and treating him like a monkey. And she's like, keep walking, you ain't fucking idiot. She's sitting on the boot of this car, drinking wine and they're all drunk and they're making Skarsgård like walk barefoot and he's like exhausted and he's like, she's like, Hurry! it's just, it's disturbing. It's a disturbing, disturbing film. But I, I, I that night before. <laughs> I watched it. that at Dandy That was him dude, in the boot like, actually with the wine. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, Dan! Yeah. Sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. Let's get back to your, your yeah, yeah, most recent horror film. movie. So, oh, someone, you were talking to people it? that were going to buy it. Oh, the, why did the, you have what, to re-edit? No, we had so it went to a sales agent and um, they just had notes. Mm. And like, can we do this? Can, can you, you know, it was basically just through the middle of the film, um, like through the belly of it. They just wanted to thin out um, some of the dialogue y scenes. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> and then I did it and I was like, this is better now. Oh <laughs> this, this, these these fucking guys that know movies, they know some shit. Had man. you written the story? Yeah, it was, I, I wrote the I with that one. I it, I wrote the whole. I usually co-write, um, because it's much nicer. <laughs> like it's nice because you just go bringing over a couple. Of, I've got mates that I write with. 
Manny, my mate, Leighton, come over, bring a couple of bottles of wine. Boop. You know. Boop, 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 boop. And then you, you I, I'm like, a, I'm the structure person. And I usually write with a person who's usually like a an actor or someone who's very um, more character um, focused. And then um, we get going. Where was I going with any of this? But yeah, to oh, anyway, yeah. anyway, the film's finished and it's with a sales agent. It's going to be placed in a film festival and they want to launch it next year. It's got to nice. be a hard pill to swallow, though, like when you write something and someone picks apart your writing. Well, that's why he was like, fuck you. Yeah. And then no, once but, it was... No, but, no, no, it's not hard. It's not, no. If anyone, it's a learning experience, right? Because if they, if they tell you to cut this and it's improved, you're like, interesting. No, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't... I, the reason why I was like, fuck you is I was like, I can't be fucked. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty you, happy with you it. You had to pay for it. it to be recut, Yeah, and so right? that, that... Which is like, you, you are right in that that was a, a learning experience because I was like, I'm just lazy. And I was working <laughs> where we work right now. <laughs> and was like, I oh, this is have very nothing recent. left to get. It was in August, yeah. Oh, yeah, You're just right. knackered. And so we signed with them and then... In July, and then I had to uh, proceed with this um, n- new cut. It wasn't dramatic. It was, um, I, I was quite clear with them that we weren't unlocking the edit to the extent where we're, we're going to do quite, like, we're going to go into scenes and recut them in, in this sort of, like, you know, really moving things around. Mm. Um, it had to be, like, you know, this time code to this time code, cut, cut, delete, and snip together. Because I couldn't, um, with this the sound post-production, because it had already been mastered and 5.1 mixed in a cinema, I was like, I've, I'm not going back through, like, we moved this shot here, and, you know, mm. all this fucking bullshit, and them being like, what the fuck have you done? Because it's like, with these low-budget films, like, you shoot them like fucking lightning. Like we shot that film in thirteen and a half days, the it's whole like, film. It's yeah, like the, the whole castle. Film. The castle was shot in like twelve days on a budget of like seventy k or something. Yeah, just nothing. You just get, just fucking push Smash through, it. man. Yeah, and you just you just get what on. What was with your it. budget? Sorry to cut you off. Oh, uh, the shooting budget was eight thousand dollars. That's all right. Whoa, that's very easy. Well, because I wasn't paying anyone. That yeah, was, that was for the uh, that was the catering bit of petrol. Yeah, nice. Um, but I was, you know, my mates that worked at, you know, um, gear houses and got Alexas and all that sort of stuff. Nice. Which is good. Um, but you know, we just, you know, blasted through and shot it. Like I, I'm very, like this, like my, my, my one little skill is I can shoot, uh, like very high quality, very quickly. Mm. Um, so it's like come together and every and like it does it it does hold a level of of quality. Um, obviously, doesn't have any big cast in it. Like with all the other films that I made, um, you know, particularly Observance, the last film that I made that was released, and you know, you get like you know John Jarrett and guys like that in it. I, I don't know if you know who that is, but he's the guy in Wolf Creek. He, the, the like, old bloke? Yeah, the old boy. You, yeah. you managed to get him in there? Well, he's my friend, yeah. You John, motherfucker. Yeah. How did you become friends with him? Well, um, it was when I was still living in Queensland. Like a producer that I was friends with when I made a film. She got John involved, mates with John. Like I've 
Like he's my friend. And so I was like trying to figure out how to get him into this one, but there's just wasn't really a, a place for it. Um, and I didn't have any money. Not that, you know, people pull favors and stuff, but. How confident are you that if you pull something decent off, you can get on Netflix? Like you can get one of your things on, on one of these streaming sites? I don't know. That's not really, it's sort of beyond me. That's relationships that um, sales agents and and distributors have. I need you, I need to have a coffee with you one time. You need to download, I need to download this information because like these are my goals to to maybe maybe do a bit of a web series situation for a while. Maybe Don't, don't do web series or short films. Just make a movie. Why? Why can't I do, can I do web series to the point where I've got a bit of a following and then pitch something to Netflix. No, no, you just make a movie and then you sell it because it, the, that's the, like the curious thing. Like before when, you know, when I, when I started, there was no such thing as a fucking web series, like putting shit on YouTube and stuff. I was like, what? Um, that was just like, you know, just Charlie bit my finger kind of bullshit mm. back when I was young. Mm. Um, my viral video. Mm. And, it was viral video. What? I've I've got a viral video. It's got like eight million views, and the same agency that managed Charlie bit my finger contacted me, and I was like, yeah, sure. And they sold like licenses for Japanese TV shows to play my clip, and I got like fifteen hundred bucks a pop. It was ridiculous. Did you? How many? How many fifteen hundred bucks is? I made probably well over ten grand from it. Did you? Yep. What happened in your? It's a video? it's a lizard playing. Um, like a game on a phone. Candy Crush. Was my or like, was my like pet lizard. Oh, it was like licking the ta- his tablet. Licking the, like the phone. Ants I coming feel up. Like, like I've if you seen that, yeah, if I you could be lying. No, if you type in "bearded dragon playing Ant Crusher," anyone listening, this this is my video, oh, and it's I now got place. eleven years ago, and it's now got eight million views. Can I see it? I've seen this before. Yeah, oh, yes. what a good lizard. <laughs> nice film. <laughs> oh. So, so you're oh, saying, doing a really good job. So you're saying so plenty so, of people that I've showed this to are like, I've seen that. Even people from overseas are like, I've seen that video. How wild million. is that? Is it because it would have um, been like put on other platforms and so yeah, you yeah. wouldn't see the full extent? Yeah, so the, the, it was on... Um, nine MSN homepage when it first like blew up overnight. It was on like the overnight viral videos that had the most views in like twenty four hours or something. Wow. And then it was, and then it went like yeah, a ton of people just took the video and uploaded it on their own channels. Mm. So then I realized how good YouTube is with that, with the automatic mm. copyright infringement deletion, because like a bunch of them just got deleted like very quickly. So that was kind of cool. But the most money I made, like I made some ad revenue, but the most money I made was from this agency. It was called Viral Spiral at the time. It's called something else now. But they were like, hey, we want to manage your video. And I got all the bunch of emails and I read through all of them. I'm like, all right, these these guys seem legit. They have like a portfolio. They managed Charlie bit my finger and all this shit. And I was like, yep, do it. And then they would just take 20% and they'd be like, yep, this Japanese TV show wants to play your clip. We're going to sell it to them for $1,700. We take 20%. Here's your money. I was like, damn, son. Hollywood. That's how it works. So you're saying 
any kind of short film or, or web yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, back to this. Let's say I did a web series and I managed to get 270K followers, subscribers, and I'd get maybe about 400 view 400,000 views an episode after a while. Mm. Still a waste of time. So look, no, look, look at that super It's not world. a waste of time. I don't want to discourage say that. Like, me. No, it's fine. It's um, fine. But the value of it, it's more of like, okay, you're going to go to the effort of making an episodic thing, right? Mm. And there's there's really cool stuff that you can do with that. Like, I really like as much as I dislike the ABC and just think it's really boring and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and gay but it with um it is but they did um the, this really interesting thing it would have probably been a while ago it's probably about five years ago now um like them in screen Australia were like look we're gonna chuck down basically oh it's so complicated but um, they formed Screen Australia. There was all these different funding bodies before then, and they had the 10 BA certificate stuff. Um, basically, just like you could make a film and it would kind of work like um, a massive tax rebate for investors and things like that. And then they formed Screen Australia in 2007 and they created the producer's offset. Do you know about any of this shit? So it's really boring. But basically, when you make a movie in Australia, um, you get a 40% producers offset so that's a basically if you make a film for a a million dollars for example which you wouldn't because it's not very much money because fucking films are just too fucking expensive you can but films are expensive and you have to pay people too much money Um, how much did wormwood cost do you think oh that was low i don't know if that was an offset film um yeah go on on. but anyway offset offset basically if you make a film for a million bucks um, and it hits certain metrics, so that means that it has to play in cinemas, like perhaps I think on more than 10 screens in Australia, mm. um, and that you've got a qualified uh, sales agent uh, attached as well as a qualified Australian distributor. Uh, so just like a real distributor and a real sales agent. Uh, when you complete the film, they'll give you 40% of your budget. So if you make a film for a million dollars, they will give you 400,000 back. If you make a film for $10 million, they will give you $4 million back. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, and so um, basically we were making, uh, Screen Australia was just going through this uh, thing, you know, from 2007, you know, for, a, you know, I suppose the best part of 10 years where they were funding lot, like, uh, you know, just feature films and all this sort of stuff. Um, and spending millions and millions of dollars and you'd sort of piece together. So in terms of the actual budget, so you'd get 40% from the offset. You'd perhaps get some Screen Australia actual investment as well. And that could bring it to, I think Screen Australia is like, we won't fund more than 50% of a film or something. Um, Probably more than that. They won't fund more than 75 or something like that. Whatever it is. Oh, I can't remember. So it was like, They'll give you 40% offset. Screen Australia might chuck in another 25%. So what's that? 55%, uh, 65%. And then you might get 15% from a state government, um, which brings it to 90%. 65 plus 15. 80%. 80%. And then you'd have to go to the market. So you'd you'd go to an Australian distributor and be like, can you give us 30,000 bucks? 
or any, you know, what have you got? Um, and then you go to the sales agent and they'd maybe throw down 75 us, which could back then could have been a hundred thousand bucks or 125,000 bucks, depending on the exchange rate. And that would complete the, the budget of the film. Um, and they made, you know, fucking shitloads of them and almost all of them fucking went to shit. The famous ones, I suppose, were Animal Kingdom that came out of that. Uh, the Babadook. Um, Animal I did, Kingdom, I did like see that Ben one. Mendelsohn and Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Edgerton, yeah. Um, Babadook, I remember the horror one. I remember yeah. that one, yeah. And I'm trying, there, there was there were some other ones, but I can't remember. But those were the sort of the big two that I'm sort of thinking of at the moment. But it was just incredibly un- unprofitable, and um, it was really inflating the costs of making things in Australia. You know, and it's all their own fault. Like as soon as the government seems to sort of get involved in anything, you know, you, you create a forty percent producers offset, and sort of naturally everyone's fees Fuck, become forty percent higher. Man. Well, is it fees go up because they're like, well, we know you're getting forty percent of this from the government. So yeah, we can charge forty percent. I'm just more. an actor, bro. I don't want to think. Yeah, about so this, this I'm, I'm. What I'm, what I want to chime in here, like that. I feel like these are two separate things that you're thinking of because anyone with any budget can put up a YouTube series if that's what you want to do. And if you get, like you said, if you get two hundred thousand followers, that's nothing to sneeze at. Like that is something you can monetize so well and easily. Like once you have an audience of two hundred thousand, yeah, I'm thinking about people this, will want to get in front of that audience. I'm, I'm Brands about this will want to get super wild guy, right? Yeah, like I've never watched his shit on YouTube, but I've always saw snippets of him every now and then on social mm. media for like the last five years. Next minute, he's got two seasons on Netflix. I'm sure he's not getting paid that well, or maybe he is, but like, but even the net he started he started off on YouTube just doing fucking, st- and now he's got two Netflix series and he's got two million two million subscribers on YouTube. So like, for me, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin to write a film. The two well, million subscribers on YouTube is probably is worth my, more. This is my ticket in. I've found. Yeah, With I mean, you, you can do, I mean, like, I've got a friend, Connor, who, he, I don't know if, like, there's, he does this thing called Cracker Milk up in, in Queensland. I think mm. I've heard of it, Cracker Milk, yeah. And, you know, they, they, they have a good time and, mm-hmm. you know, and he's, he's done really well at it. I think he's living off the money off of it, you know. So he's monetized and. He's monetized it and they do, I'm a bit of a spastic when it comes to shit i don't really understand it but they do the thing where what's it oh what was it called it's like the live stream thing and they're like pay us this much money live now yeah they're doing twitch stream things um or whatever and i'm like all that shit is just like i'm just a little bit too old and yeah. just don't understand it, and I <laughs> or you're just not into that. Well, like, I'm, yeah, and I, and I'm just, I'm just not engaged in it. I don't really understand it. Um, but in terms of the story of Australia, so they did this. This is just something to kind of think about. Um, because I wrote something in this sort of context, but um, so basically, Screen Australia and the ABC were like, oh, we'll cut down. We'll do, you know, five different projects, half a million bucks budget for each one. And you go and make five 20 minute episodes. And it's a little kind of like mini series thing. And they were all shit. And then, um, 
<laughs> and then they made that fuck Adelaide. Um, never heard never of one. Heard of it, no. It's just like a bunch of kids uh, all come back because um, their mum's like, I'm selling the house that you all grew up in. They're right. you know, friend, you know, family coming back from Sydney and Melbourne or whatever. And yeah. It's just them and it's just like five. So it's just sort of like a movie divided into five 20-minute episodes. So it was a because that was like my like thing. I was like, you think that a movie needs to be made for millions and millions of dollars, but as soon as you put it in the context of an ABC iView miniseries and go, you've got half a million bucks, you've got to shoot this like fucking nice and quick, you've got half a million bucks, go do it, two, three week shoot, fucking cut it, deliver it as fast as you can. And they did it and it was fucking great. It was actually great. It was like just a pleasure, just. And I, I really liked the 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 format of of twenty minutes because it's very similar to the nineties and what we grew up in. Like when you look at, you think of like Seinfeld and Friends and all that sort of stuff. When you take the fucking ads out, they're all twenty two minutes long. Mm-hmm. They're actually all very short. Very yeah. short episodes. They filled up half an hour of broadcast time when you add in the. I've been Seinfeld, so I know. Yeah. yeah, when you add in all the ads, and so they they have like there's something sort of natural to the to the length of these these episodes that you're watching. You know, it's the bus journey to work or train journey to work or whatever it is. It's Bing a, bang boom. You know, it's your your smoke break, it's your lunch break or whatever it is. You can just sort of catch a, a bit of it, and um, and I was like, oh, that's just like a way of of telling a movie in chapters. Yeah. And, so and you got to make each chapter interesting so you can. Yeah, I so feel like for like my to them for and... my skill set as a a very weak writer and someone who's just doesn't want to be behind the camera anymore because I did a lot of stuff back in the day, mm. not professional stuff at all by by any means. But I feel like this is my only way to get in. You know, like I my goal is to do enough local stuff to get on TV or Netflix or Stan or whatever. Do good there, make connections, and then get into bigger stuff. I, don't, I have no interest. Just for in go- the exposure, right? Yeah, I have no look. All honesty, I have no interest in going to Hollywood. Like, obviously, if someone offered me a big blockbuster film, I'd take it. But I'd prefer to do films in the UK or stay in Australia and try to build up Australia's fucking film and film and TV, like it used to be in the nineties and eighties, right? Um, it was still a bit shit. Then, it was. But- but like the year my voice broke, two hands, Mad Max, like, like Australia. There's a reason why all these US mm. films are coming to Australia to film because it's obviously cheaper and we have really good crews. Was cheaper, yeah. Was so like, I, I'd love to make it where you know we'd never be at the level of Hollywood in regards to notoriety and money. Well, we're just too small. We just don't have the population. We don't have the crews to mm. service all but, of those. But if we could create things that have a wider wider influence, and that's what I want. So. My 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 goal is to obviously travel as much as I can in film, but my goal is to put Australia on the map the best I can. I'd love to make cult classics, right? Um, my my thing is this: like, thirty one years old, I'm a qualified trained actor. I came to Sydney to do commercials and then hopefully audition for bigger roles. Mm. It's been fucking bullshit. Like, I've auditioned for hundreds of things, but I just don't, don't pan out. 
it, the thing is, I, I, I'm not saying, I'm personally not saying that it's like my, my skill as an actor is not getting me these roles. Mm. It's, it, it'd be easy to say that. And like, I'm not, I'm not egotistical or anything, but I think it's just like, like I've auditioned for things, I've got it. And then they've messaged me and said, we actually want to go with someone more multicultural. So it's just mm. like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you've told me it's mine. I still got paid for these roles. I got paid for it and I didn't even film it. Wow. So this is how fucking hectic it is. So, yeah, well, so I, I need I your, I need your honest you opinion. Like, so what I want to do is like do some shorts, maybe get a web series on YouTube, do that for a year and a bit, get a bit of a repertoire, you know, put some of that stuff on TikTok or whatever's popular at the moment, get a bit more of a like, like, like perhaps, you're, perhaps you're right. I, I personally just, I'm not convinced by it. I'm like, the effort to go make a short film. My whole thing is like the effort that you put in to make a short film or a web series or fucking whatever, right? Could be put into a film. You, you just add twenty percent more, and then it's a movie. But it's I a feel fucking like I feel movie. like I feel like the movies are just like like. So I'm a I'm a film guy, right? I think mm. this is my problem with that. I'm a film guy. I'll sit. I've gone to so many like like film festivals mm. local film festivals that have had some independent stuff come in as well like it's been a mix and shit yeah and i'll sit there and watch the australian ones and i'll be like this is just so horny it's so boring it's so mm. but you don't have to do that yeah well that's the you thing know where I'm... yours is going your one that's no, coming no, out? not yet not no. yet so i mean I, th- I think again the key difference here is what your goal is if your goal is to get a following so that you can do your own thing and do whatever you want. And find independence smaller yeah. with independence. Mm. Then yeah, the the YouTube short series route is probably the way. But if you want to, if your passion is making movies, I do. Like what yours? I want to portray stories. I, I'm an actor. Like yeah. I, I, I want to tell stories. Yeah, but if if like Joseph, for instance, he likes to write a movie, direct it, do the whole thing, do the funding, and that's the fun part. Whereas you just want to make the artistic things and get a following. So that might be an easier. Smaller way where you don't have to put in as much effort of no, no, planning. That, and- that's true. Like I obviously like I don't. It's not that I don't want to take responsibility for the planning and stuff, but like at the end of the day, I want to tell a story. And if I can, if I can tell a story through a, a, a eight episode miniseries or a fucking one hour or ninety minute sh- film, I'd be more than happy to. You know. Yeah. Well, like, you- I love. I I just want to tell good stories. The value in all of this is just, it's all just about cast. So, that's, so the reason why I make horror films is because you don't necessarily need cast. They like it if you do, obviously. So if you've got Brad Pitt in your film and you, it doesn't really matter what it is, and you put Brad Pitt on the poster. It's going to put ass in seats. They, yeah, they know that it has a has a value, right? Um. With a a horror film, and people just hear that it's really fucking scary, like you know paranormal activity or just you know any of these sort of schlocky Netflix um, horror films that sort of pop out or whatever. They don't particularly have famous cast in them, but they. It, but because because yeah, people think people. that they're scary, so you go to watch a film because it's got Brad Pitt in it. And you go to watch a film because it's fucking scared. scary. Because mm. you're on a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and so that's why like creature features are really significant. That was the whole kind of thing that I was working on with um some producers 
um, for the last couple of years in, in terms of like developing that is because it's like, okay, I don't have Brad Pitt, but we can put it's a... It's scary. Yeah, make it, you can put a fucking dinosaur, you know, Jurassic Park, you, you know, Jurassic Park didn't have anyone famous in it. But it had Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, yeah. N- none of none of them were none of them were were for the value of of the cost of that that uh, how much they spent on that film. The fly though, you saw the fly, bro. I did. What? No, yeah, but yeah. So people knew who 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 those some people knew they weren't who those Brad Pitt were, status, yeah. But they weren't movie stars. Mm. Mm. They weren't tentpole film actors, and they were making a tentpole film. And the start, what's on the poster of fucking Jurassic Park? It's not Sam Neill. It's a fucking like a dinosaur. dinosaur. The dinosaur fucking sells it. Mm. Uh, same with Jaws. Jaws did have famous actors in it that we all know. But at the time... There were nobodies. There, were, there weren't nobodies, but they, they had significance. But that, that was, I mean, that, at the end of the day, that was the first time they were doing tentpole films. Mm. Um, that was when they invented, you know, Jaws is famously the first blockbuster where they just released it across the whole country instead of premiering it in metropolitan areas and then growing it slowly. Um, but you have to just, you, there's like a beauty to the economics of it because even the films that we've all spoken about earlier of like, you know, what's your favorite fucking film? There's a reason why that film got made. And it's all to do, those films cost tens of millions of dollars. And what? Who fucking put that money down? Like that's a fucking lot. We don't have that money. Some people do. Why would they have chosen that idea? They could have made anything with that Investors, money. Investors, yeah. And so, why do you put money into into a particular thing, and then decades later, we're also having a chat about it, right? Mm. And those films, a shitload of people watched it, and it meant something like immensely culturally to a lot of people. Um. So you have to like consider like the the economics behind things and i like i am talking from a a position of like i don't entirely understand i'm not like a guy that ever really fucking goes on youtube if i'm honest i'm like Mm. i'm not that my dad is and he's fucking 25 years older than me um but I'm not. Like, he goes on and just fucking goes fishing video and just fucking off he goes. <laughs> There's just some, some fucking hot chick and her boyfriend going around the Mediterranean with their boat, and they're like, this is what we did to the prop shaft on the boat. And then we went and fished and caught this marlin or whatever. I know, I know those people. Yeah. I know yeah. that channel. <laughs> yeah, and he fucking loves it. Um, and I'm like, I would never in a fucking million years think to do that. I just, I to be honest, I just watch old fucking movie. That's just, that's just Joseph, yeah. right? Yeah. But so that's why you're in the the movie making scene. Well, it's 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 my thing. I watch, I I I like keeping my finger on the pulse. I watch a lot of HBO. I watch a fair bit of Netflix and things like that. HBO, what they did to Rome, bro. Damn fucking shame. Rome. HBO Rome. Yeah, was they a wrapped it up classic. real quick. Fucking it, idiots. Yeah. Can I can I ask you though, like, do you only want to do horror films because it's easy? No, no, I don't. It's just what do you got? What do you got in the pipeline? Um, got a lot of horror films. No, <laughs> I got a story. Let me pitch it to you. Maybe you can elaborate on. Wait, it wait, and cast wait, wait. me. Cast me in it. Wait, wait. Pitch, pitch this off, off, off recording. But no, no, no. I'll pitch it. I want to hear the writing process though. 
All right, I, I got I got bad news. I got the bladder of a Chinaman. I got to piss again. <laughs> All right, let me pitch this to you. Rick. I'll you give can, you my writing process when you get back, mate. You can cut this. Your writing process. Yeah, yeah. You asked okay. him before. Remember, what's yep. your actual writing process? I want to hear that. Yeah, because you right. can pitch him an idea off, off, podcast. So you're not. Well, I'm gonna go to take everyone. a piss. So we'll yeah. cut it here and I'll. But check this out. I wrote yeah. this. Wrote this a while ago. Obviously, I could add the the flesh to it, but I'm just gonna give you the bare bones, the blueprints. Mm. Mm. Ex footy player. Oh, he was young. So we go. He was because it's very close to home. He was on the top of his game. Mm. Went out with a chick one night because I remember I wrote this maybe like when Jared Hayne was going through shit maybe three or four years ago. Goes out with a woman. My boy. Goes back with her. Maybe he did rape her. Okay. Maybe maybe he didn't. Maybe he did, but he just was too drunk at the time and thought it was bullshit. He does jail time. Comes out of it, and it's just like because this was like I remember watching on the news. It was like two or three or three scandals. You know, John's always had scandals and shit about mm. what you know the whole like half the Cronulla team had like done something to this woman or whatever. So I'm thinking, Whoa. imagine the story of like because it's very prevalent, right? People could get along with it, and it's like dark, and people would want to see it. Like, like um, what's that movie? Um, Winter Creek or something like that. What's that? No, it's oh, like, Winter's Bone. No, no, no. The the Australian one with the oh. fucking the, it was like the killing one, and they like in Adelaide and the guy, the Snow guy, Town. Got, Snowtown. The guy got bummed in the carpet in the hallway. Yeah, like opening scene, ancestral. It was just rape. Re- yeah, I stopped watching it after that. I was like, I'm done. And the scene was like excellent but, director though, dude. Yeah, it was great. Good shit. Dude, yeah, I, I hate that film, but I hate because it too. it's very good. It's yeah, like, it's like holding it's your breath for two hours. So confronting. It's yeah. horrible. So it's just this guy's life after because it was almost like a it was almost like a warning to to any kind of athlete that I was hoping to watch as well. Mm. Not that I'm like pro women don't get raped or anything, but it was just like, you know, think mm. before you act. But essentially, the idea was like ex football player at the top of his game, like maybe like a Kobe Bryant level in his sport, and then crashing down after like a season because he did this thing. And then his life afterwards, and I just wanted to to really focus on that. And I would have loved to have delved into the mind of this person and tried to inhibit that character, you know? So this, like, I'd obviously put on some weight, put on some mass and do it. Like, I always had this idea of just, like, stocking up. But, like, like what is he doing? What is he, like, does he have, does he still have money from his games once he got out of prison? So does he try to, like, make his own go halves in a, in a gym with a friend? Does he try to sell supplements? Does he fucking... Oh, Gregan. Yeah. Gr- yeah. That's the fucking issue with Gregan. <laughs> yeah. like, filthy oh. film. Exactly, yeah. So, like, all these ideas, and I, that's something yeah, I you really like. you be a scrum half, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you either... Yeah, yeah you'd, you'd play no, that Not well. a halfback, not a halfback at all. But, like, no. this, these are the kind of... This is... A, what do you think of a story like that? Like, So, you asked before we started recording, Joel, what... <sighs> Joseph's writing processes because you write a little bit. I do. You write a little bit. And Joseph, you've written your <laughs> film. I I tend to like I can write dramatic stuff, but I tend to for now I've just been focusing on comedy because I find it easy. Like a lot of people say, comedy is difficult, but yeah, I, I I can I can pull comedy off because just because I difficult to I make it. myself in so much comedy growing up, so it's like, difficult to make it actually be funny once you make it, like yeah. create it. Yeah, that's but the hard part. I've but, pitched yeah. some of my stuff to you. Like, you yeah. can be brutally honest. What do you think? You think it's funny? Yeah, a lot of it's funny. Mm. It's just whether you can make it funny 
once you film it, like you got to do it yeah, perfectly right. Yeah, you got to perform bit. Yeah, like, you got to make the timing right. You I'm make... writing comedy now. Are you? But at least not like Jim Carrey. Well, maybe it's like just no, we're not talking or... Jim Carrey comedy. People talking... who I know, it's well, the. I just know that if I shoot it in a very serious way, which is it'll be funny. It'll be more funny. Well, that's yeah. that's the thing. That's like comedy can take so yeah. many different things. Where you can write something that has a comedic undertone, but you want to write it and then film it in a serious way, and people will laugh. Or you do it where you're clearly doing something that requires well, is this a that laugh. Well, that Judd Apatow kind of stuff? It's good stuff. They're, they're, it's good stuff, but they're huge budgeted films. Because and his they, movies go forever, dude. Yeah, but, t- because yeah. they have to do so many takes and so many variations mm. of everything. Mm. Um, you know, to get it. I mean, they they made another movie out of Anchorman, out of the out, which was absolutely of it. trash. Really, Anchorman really Two was dreadful, dude. Oh, two, yeah, but what? Anchorman One saying? was amazing. There was another movie made out of yeah, which was Anchorman Two. Oh, really? Was that just they had they filmed for so long? Because that's why is that those films are so expensive is because you have to keep going until it's really funny. That's the great thing about those directors. They're like, I have to get it, so it's really fucking fun, and that's why they are these like masterpiece, amazing films because they shot them. Like a fucking James Bond film, and they take out six like seventy percent out of the footage, and they just use chuck they it use away. like naught point something percent of the whole footage. Of That's what, what I mean. Shot. Like they only use Do you like yeah. tiny Kub- like Stanley Kubrick's d- directing method. Yeah, but he it, but he was not like, funny. yeah, no, we're not funny. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick, but really funny. Yeah, I'm not gonna label Stanley Kubrick's like obviously you might know The Shining, but like, dude, he'd sit there and and get actors to come in. Like, let's see a scene where an actor has to walk into a lobby. Mm. Do 120 takes. Has to walk into a lobby and look around and go, mm, this is a nice lobby and walk up. He go again, 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 again. Fuck that dude, in post, dude. 20, Imagine 20, 20 or 30. David Fincher does that now. Well, he, he's always done that. That's why David Fincher's films cost a lot of money when they shouldn't is it, that was the whole thing of like I, I remember someone making a point of i think it was 2011 and there was the king's speech mm. which won the oscar jeffrey rush and colin firth yeah it was just like a perfectly like pleasant enjoyable film. film at the end of the day mm. made for not very much money i think it was about 15 million you know queen elizabeth not the million. one who just died recently mm. her father he had a speech impediment so you'd enjoy it in order to it's give lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard lots about it. I've just never watched it. Mm. And so it's just about him. and sort of cobbled together the story of like an Australian man played by Jeffrey Rush. Who is mm. Australian. <laughs> Who is Australian. Um, teaching him how to overcome his Speech. stutter. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's like really lovely. And he, Colin Firth won best actor. And then that one best picture. And David Fincher made a movie called The Social Network. Oh, that came out I, the same year. I love that movie, which is a really great. I've movie. never seen it. Eh? I've it's, seen it's really I've good. Seen like a hundred clips of it, but I've never actually seen it. And I, I think it was made for it was like forty five million or sixty million. You know, whatever it was, cheap, um, cheap, what just whatever. Um, 
And so it was made for a lot of money because he goes through that process very similar to Kubrick where he um, basically just does a shitload of takes until the actors stop acting and they're just, just doing it to get through the, the next take. Yeah. And then you get like a... He has this very kind of like blasé, relaxed, sort of interesting sort of thread through all of his films in terms of performance and like the preciseness of camera movement and the the the, the aesthetics um, in it as well. And like in many ways, it is just like this classic, wonderful film that probably should have won Best Picture. Um, although The King's Speech is much more enjoyable. Is it more refined, you'd say? I don't think it's, I don't think King's Speech is, I think King's Speech is less refined, um, but it's just so much more pleasurable. It's a pleasurable watch, watching experience. If that yeah, makes any sense. Compared to the social network. But I think it's like you, you feel the sense of like, on like, as, as, uh, the reason why I picked those two films is because there was at the time like this sort of direct comparison and a lot of commentary around it. And a lot of it was just to do with budget. Like David Fincher was just making a movie about fucking some bloke that made Facebook mm-hmm. and sort of just created this like wonderful epic drama out of it. And it was all sort of set in this sort of flash. The, the structure of that film is sort of set in this flashback scenario of um, who owns Facebook? Zuckerberg. Zuck- Mark Zuckerberg. Of him like in different boardrooms being sued and there's lawyers and it keeps mm. cutting backwards to like when he was a kid, you know, just starting out at Stanford or whatever, or Harvard or whatever mm. it was. Mm. Um, and, you know, just telling this story, you know, and it was like, you know, the, cause you have to have with, the, with like those big rich stories, it, like I've sort of, I've learned from like having to try and like write something like that or like think how you'd write something like that. Um, you need a dramatic device, even with the film that I'm, I've just finished. Um, you have to have a way with, with these longer, big, rich films. You can't be David Lean making Bridge on the River Kwai or Lawrence of Arabia anymore. They have to be shorter films because they can't play them. In, like People aren't going to sit around and watch a four-hour film anymore. So you have to create a, a dramatic device that creates like a flash. So... So with uh, Social Network, for example, it's um, this very kind of delicate story of like, the I made fuck, uh, my girlfriend broke up with me and whatever, and I'm going to make Facebook and fuck every, and then he's good. And then he like becomes corrupted by his own invention and he betrays all of his friends and then they all try and sue him. And so the film sort of starts where they're all trying to sue him and then it goes back to the start of the story and you're like, oh, they're all friends. Why, why did they end up in this yeah, situation? Yeah, it makes you and go, then, oh, let so me hear the rest of the story. You're stuck in the narrative. Yeah, exactly. and what it, but what it does is it's a cheat where you can get in. and So when you're telling a story from scene to scene in a linear way, just going from the start of the story to the end, you have to justify one scene to the next. You can't just cut to a scene and you have where, to keep and, people there yeah justify why you should keep watching yeah that. well you have to keep people there but you're also like when you're watching it you have to be like well everyone's likes each other and then now they're pissed off with each other in the next scene the the, the following scene and you so know just jump, back like, and forth, jump back and forth yeah so you put a device in where you're flashing back to the the, the end of the film the, the film starts at the end of the film they're in a and they're in a boardroom suing each other and so you're able to get Go to a scene and be like, this is when we're all friends. And then it goes back to the boardroom and they go, I remember when this 
happened. And it goes back to the bit and it leads up to the bit where this happened. That was the first thing where it, like, something started to go wrong. And, you and can, that means you can skip time a little too. You can skip time. You can get out so of scenes like, Oh, that's why faster. they're angry at each other now, whereas rather than telling all the in-between bits. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to be in a situation where you just have to end a scene, go to the next scene, and you're just sort of watching this sort of procession of scenes. Because you're aware that there's no, it's just too sort of scientific and bland. There's no like feeling in it. It needs to have like films require, like great films require like a golden thread through them. And so like even with the film that I just made, I was like, fuck, like the opening is really important, but it requires like um, you need to get to the drama much faster. So we fractured the storyline. So it's like going, um, it starts off at the midpoint of the film halfway mm. through. And you're like, what the fuck's going on with this chick? A lot of the coolest films time. do that now. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm thinking of like, uh, I'm trying to think of like crazy films that I've watched where I'm really engaged. So films like Lucky Number Slevin. Or mm. the wrong man, that kind of. That thing. was a great little film, actually. Yeah, or um, the other one I thought of, Lucky Number Eleven, was a good one. Um, I don't even remember how the storyline goes, but I remember it being really good. Was Lincoln Lawyer is really good. I don't know if they do any cutting back and forwards there, but I can't remember that film. I have watched. It's a it. Matthew McConaughey. Um, I've got that on my list. I might watch. Yeah. It. But in terms of like actually writing these sorts of stories, right? Yeah, what is your process for coming up with? Because you, you well, said before you have a made over and you're the structure guy. So I'm a structure person. And so, for example, how you're talking about how you want to make things and the, and the story idea that you sort of teased before, it's very, um, it is, it is dramatic based and it's from the perception the perception, the perspective, pardon me, of a person who is an actor. So you're you're interested in the drama of like what means something deeply to you. Um, what is that a fault? No, absolutely not. Um, my thing is is I love structure in films. So films have they say that there's three acts. There's actually four. So the first act is the orphan act. This is how I've been taught. And I've also like, there's a number of ways that you can do it. And I write my films in chapters. I get that you, when you watch the film, there, there's no chapters in it. But um, there's the orphan and that's a quarter of the film. So that's, and, and it ends on the turning point. And it, you always sort of use like Star Wars is, the, the a new hope is always like a really like sort of the the clearest example of like you you open with the threat of the evil empire and then there's this innocent person and he's li like in Star Wars he literally is orphaned he's being raised by his uncle and aunt and he knows something's not quite right and then this thing comes into his life uh, and by the end of the first act he's committed to finding and saving Princess Leia that we have to do this and he's met the um um his ally, who's Obi-Wan Obi Kenobi. Yep. And there's all these, like, things in there that you're like, oh, and and it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, liar, liar, or whatever it is. They all have the, the, all of those great films have those same, that same structure to it. So there's um, Orphan. And so what I do is I, I break those beats up 
So there's four main beats in the first act. Then there's the second act, which is the second act part one, which is Wanderer. And so the Wanderer is when they're like trying to fucking figure out how to find fucking Princess Leia. And then by the midpoint of the film, he's fucking found it. And it's like, all right, what do I do now? What's that midpoint called? So it's, the, it's called the mid-turning point. And so you, you, you're, you're an orphan. And then you, you live in the village or whatever it is. And um, you have stability. And then something evil disrupts that stability. And so you have to go out into the world and into the, the deep, the depths of the, the forest and fight the, the dragon is the sort of idea behind it. And you have to find the dragon and then you find the fucking dragon halfway through. And, or you, you know, you're saving the princess or whatever it is. And you, you get to that halfway point. And then, and, and, and when you kind of practice this, you, you sort of, you just start to see it in every great film. It has this, this, um, Arc. This arc and structure inside of it. And so you you reach it in the mid-turning point and then the next quarter of the film, so Act 2, Part 2, mm. is called The Warrior. So you're fighting and you, you're fighting the dragon and you'll figure out how to defeat it. And the end of that is you come up with a fucking plan and then you execute it and you fucking fail and you lose. And then the last act of a film is called the martyr. Um, and the martyr, martyrism is obviously you're willing to die for your cause. So you're sort of reborn and you're like, I'm a fucking true fucking believer in the shit that I've learned along the way. And um, I'm going to just fucking go for it. And then you go in and then you fail. So you've already failed, then you fail again, and then you come back and you either win or lose. So in horror films, you get situations where they're like, and then they died. And yeah. it's all sad at the end and evil wins. Um, or they are victorious. Or, they're, or they're victorious. And, 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 it, and it really just, and it's like the interpretation of that of like, you know, whether it's, you know, Lawrence of Arabia or, you know, this sort of grand, you know, King Arthur sort of shit, or it's a story about a bloke trying to not be late to work, you know, it's all in there. And you kind of hold it within that discipline and you have something that people, no matter what language they're talking or, you know, where, wherever they live or whatever it is, it's it's built into us. There's like a truth inside of it. So at the end of the day, the reason why we want to, the reason why we're up for like, oh, I want to make films and all this sort of stuff is because it's just this wonderful art form. It is modern. It's, you know, if only, it's only existed for, you know, just over a hundred years. Um, before that, it was, it was novels. Um, a lot of the great novels that we love um, were actually released episodically in magazines, you know, chapter a month, mm. you know, all the great Rosh, Russian, you know, Anna, Anna Kareninas and things like that, and all the stuff that we love, love there. That film. Um, great movie, great like the read, read, um, read those books. Um, and um, like we love it because it it means something so much grander than 
worrying about what your what your fucking career is and all this sort of <laughs> bullshit. There's something else going on. Um and and it's so easy to forget you know what we're you know what it's so easy to forget in 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 our day-to-day lives of like what the fuck am I doing? I'm going to drink fucking a, you know three steins of fucking piss on a Friday night and have a chat. But that is the truth. That is actually what we long for. It's so much more important than anything else. And so, like, in terms of, like, sorry, going back to the structure of it all, of what a movie is, it's like it has, like, this everlasting truth that's so much larger than that. We basically just transplanted, like, a version of a novel or, or whatever. Novels actually are much more transferable to miniseries and things like that. Um, but the... the Movies really are their own unique, like beautiful thing. You, you know, spend an hour and a half or a couple of hours having a look at something, um, and it just means something to you. And you don't really give a fuck about what the budget is. And there is all of this stuff in terms of like the metrics of like we've just inflated the costs of how much it you have to pay people to make things. You've got to pay someone to do catering to of the boom mic and do the mixing and then you've got to pay for the fucking studio. Yeah, all of that shit. Then you've got to pay for post-production studios and editors and a 5.1 mix. You've got to pay for Foley. You've got all all this stuff. And when you just add up all of this little specialist skill shit, which isn't really, like, that's really unfair, but, you know, it's not like you work for fucking NASA and you know how to make a rocket on the fucking moon. moon. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but we're paying people a lot of money and it doesn't need to cost that much. Um, but because of, because we are, um, it means that there, it means that you have to have this giant audience, you have to have Brad Pitt and everyone else in it. And it's just going to cost a shitload of money, but, but it isn't the, the, it isn't the truth. Like we've all like sat down and chucked a Netflix thing on or whatever the fuck it is on Prime or whatever, and been like, I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, who made this, but there's something about it that awesome. I'm up for. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is beautiful. Uh, yeah, it is. But like, how do I? How do I not get discouraged from doing? My well, I mean, plan? the I uh, I love this structure thing because I, I think we need to just hook you to up. That's why you where... have to do it. You, we got to hook you two well, up where films. Joel can have yeah. some ideas. Not do what I was originally going to do, just make films. Well, well you, do whatever you feel is right. Your ideas. I like to make films as well. And then sit down with Joe and just make some, he, he can help you make some structure around it where it's just going to be appealing. And then boom. So, yeah, I usually do all of that stuff. And After and, a few and I bottles have a, of I have sherry. You, not Sherry. No, oh, he's a big mom. wine drinker. Joe used to be a, a wine broker. A wine broker. He used to sell that's wine. How you make movies, Dude, I, I'm, I'm sure you can teach me how to. Fucking I think. I think we need to. What's good? And bad wine, Taste right? a Chardonnay. But mate. I think we'll we'll <laughs> yeah. we'll wrap this up and then we can we can talk ideas. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank Cost. you. Yes, I haven't finished Cost. my stein, but I did finish yeah, it. Finish it. Finish it. You had a top up. Finish him now. Trinker, trinker, trinker. Trinker. Prost. Thank you, everybody. Au revoir.